This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us what? Let us rejoice. Let us. I thought it said let us complain and be grumpy. <laughs> no, that's another book, right? Uh, but the Lord says let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. To have a right attitude. Uh, to, to say, you know, I thank you, Jesus. We can fill ourselves with negativity, and we will become negative. I, I, I read a thing this morning on Facebook, someone had posted, and it says, uh, when, you're, when you're in the, um, the throes of, of uh, uh, how'd, it, how'd it go? When you're in the throes of um, well, grumpiness, more or less, the best thing to do is keep your mouth shut. Amen. <laughs> Until you get over it. <laughs> uh, then, then you won't regret everything you said. Um, Lord, forgive me, uh, you know, for speaking when I should have waited till I was in a better mood uh, to speak. Amen. That's a time of silence. And, you know, that's what James said. He said, a perfect man bridleth his tongue. How many of us still working on that? <laughs> I'm working on that. Lord, help me. I said something to a friend the other day and, you know, about an issue. And afterwards, I just felt so convicted. And, and I called him and I said, you know, please forgive me if you even say, well, I never thought anything of it. I said, I don't, I know, but I did. And, and you know what? It, it didn't add to anything. All that went, and it was speculation and, and it was negative. Uh, and I just had to retrieve that and say, Lord, forgive me and help me to be positive. Help me to, to build up, not tear down. You know that 10 men, I mean, Jeremy would understand this. He could work all day long building. How long would it take someone to come in and tear down what you took all day to build? 15 minutes? You, you see what I mean? It, it, it's easy to tear down. But it takes a long time to build. And I'd rather be a builder than a terror. Amen. I've ever had little children that were terrors. I mean, <laughs> I'd rather be a builder than a terror. Let's all stand if we would. Amen. God is good. We just love and praise him, exalt him. If you read in your, your bulletin, I don't necessarily want to read the bulletin, but Next week, Jimmy Blodgett will be coming. He brings his guitar, and I'm just so so thrilled uh, with his coming. We mostly all remember his dad, and uh, of course uh, Jerry. He didn't have a big, uh, he didn't have much of an education, but he had the Holy Ghost, <laughs> Amen, and 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 authority. But I just uh, tell you this next week: uh, come expecting, bring a friend, uh, and enjoy the presence of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, if we would. I'll ask Jeremy if you'd open in prayer this morning. Dear Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for everything that you do yes, for Father. us, Lord God. We yes, thank you Jesus. for this day and for the beautiful day that you've Hallelujah. made, Lord God, and for allowing us to gather Jesus. here together in your house, Lord God. Amen. We ask Hallelujah. the Holy Spirit to pour over this church and over us as people, Lord God, mm. and that the, we receive your message today, Lord God, yes, Lord. and Yes, Jesus. Let it further our lives, Lord God, and further Hallelujah. our relationship with you. In Thank Jesus you, Lord. Name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, uh, the name of Jesus is very, very powerful. I was at my house, and my son and his girlfriend were having a, an argument. And here I am sitting in, the, in my, my chair in the bedroom, 
you know, meditating, praying, because I don't want this here. So I got up in my room. I said, in the name of Jesus, I forbid this thing to happen right now in Jesus' name. I didn't say it. I said, in the name of Jesus. And I tell you what, I went to my son, and I, and she said, she looked, I went, you know, and then he says, I am the head of this house. Said, Dad, that's only for kids. Don't go there. After I, I, I got this done, she comes up to me and says, you know, Richard, every time I look at you, there's like a, she says there's like a, 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 a halo, yeah. And, uh, and also uh, your eyes, you know, they, 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 they have a shine in your eyes. And uh, every time you sing, she says, you make me cry. <laughs> well, praise God for the Lord. He gets all the glory. I'm just, a, I'm just an instrument. This morning, uh, let us just go to the Lord in prayer. Pray not only over our hearing and understanding, but also for all of you that have given. And I just thank you for your sacrifices. I thank you for your support. Um, and, you know, I just, just thank God for the things he's yet to do. He's got a, there's a lot of great things ahead. And that's what you've got to anticipate. I know the Lord is moving by his spirit. Amen. Amen. And, and, you know, Lord, I, I loved what um, um, Pastor um, um, 62 almost uh, uh, preached this morning. And, and uh, you know, as he was saying, patience, it's so important to have patience. You know, because, you know, it, 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 the Bible said, with patience, possess you your soul. See, the patience, you know, that's what brings virtue and, and other things. It's so difficult to be patient, you know. We, I want it to happen. You know, Burger King knew that. And that's why they said, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Special orders won't upset us. Uh, you know what I mean? I, and I want it now, um, you know. But what we realize in this is that, Lord, we trust you. We, we don't understand fully. You know, I think of the disciples, you know. I mean, here we are as Americans thinking, well, you know, we're going to win the election. We're going to overcome. We're going to do this and do that. But it almost feels like it was with the, with the disciples. You know, when they said, Jesus, we're going to, you know, we're going to overtake this. We're going to overthrow Rome. We're going to do all this. And Jesus says, uh, did you not know? You haven't got the memo yet <laughs> uh, that, uh, you know, I'm going to die. And, and no, I mean, even Peter rebuked him. I mean, imagine rebuking God. Maybe we've all done that once or twice. <laughs> Lord, no! And God says, hey, well, who are you? Tell me no. Uh, but see, they didn't understand the big picture. So we don't. We honestly don't. We don't see necessarily the big picture. And the reason is because we walk by faith and not by sight. If God showed you everything, then, then you know, uh, you wouldn't need faith, would you? But the steps of the righteous uh, are ordered of the good man, or of, I always say, of the, uh, the steps of the good man order of the Lord, or, you know, it's Psalms, but I've always said the steps of the righteous, the same, same thing. But the thing is, is to trust him. And, you know, trust is where our patience is. Father, I know that you're able to do uh, what I cannot do 
in the name of Jesus. Uh, the blue bar right there, Rebecca, and that will get me where I need to be this morning. But um, let, let me just pray over the word and, and pray uh, this morning over all of your giving. Thank you all for that and for your faithfulness. Uh, amen. You know, the Bible said in Hebrews 10, 25, uh, uh, you know, th there's two favorite scriptures every pastor has. One is forsake not the assembly of yourself together. And the other, was and the other favorite scriptures don't muzzle the ox. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Every pastor remembers those right off the bat. <laughs> uh, but, but God's good, amen, and, and we love him this one. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, that we know that the letter kills. When the word is left on the page, it's nothing more than a letter. But you said the spirit is what brings life, the spirit of God. And what is the pneuma in the Greek for spirit, Lord, is, is breath. When we breathe this word, when we speak this word, it becomes life, zoe. And Lord, I just pray this morning as the word goes forth that it will bring life to the hero and liberty to the captive and healing to the sick and, and, and Lord, uh, Father, salvation to those who are bound. God, we just love you. We're humbled, Lord, to stand before you. Knowing, Lord, without you we can do nothing, but in you and through you we can accomplish everything that you have set forth to accomplish. And you have said, blessed are the feet of those who preach the gospel, for how will they hear? Unless somebody would preach, and God, that all of us would become preachers, Lord, and shed this word, and take it off of the page where it has no life, and to put it into our spirit, and to speak it, that it may have life, Lord, and, and to, to the hearer. God, we love you this morning, and we praise you, and thank you for all that give, and God, that you'd multiply it according to your need. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, this is kind of a sequel uh, to last week's ministry uh, message. So uh, listen to last week's message. If you haven't out on Facebook, and and uh, that really is a is a benefit. And then, of course, this week, what I want to talk about this week, and of course, you can go to First Samuel chapter seventeen again. First Samuel chapter seventeen. Remember the six books of the Kings: First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and First and Second Chronicles. Those six books deal with the kings of Israel. Uh, so you, you, if you want to know about historically about the government of Israel uh, during the kings, uh, you will find it in those six books. Some of it is a repeat of what happened in uh, an earlier book of the six books, but all of them are beneficial to you. If you want to overcome in your life, and you want to know how to overcome in the battle, read these books. Look at the battle plan. Every good general that is up against the opponent will always study his literature. Every good general that is up against an opponent will always study 
the opponent's literature so that he can know what that person is thinking. Well, let me tell you what, that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you want to overcome battles in your life, study the Old Testament. Get those words and those, those battles in your heart. And what we do is we take what was done physically and we make it spiritual. And, and, and I'll tell you this right now. We can overcome the devil through Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, just as they did in the Old Testament. But this morning I want to talk about the highs and the lows of life. The scripture teaches us how to deal with both. They could be represented in the Old Testament through the valleys and the mountains. We all face both of these in our lives. Every one of us are going to have lows and we're going to have highs. Amen? And it's how we deal with both. Uh, I can remember some years ago, I was with a, a ministerial organization and uh, in that, the church that I passed, we became top 10 tithe payers. See, the, in, the, in that organization, they kept every record. We were the top 10, uh, you know, in the top 10. And I went to the minister's conference, and I'll tell you, right, it was hip, hip, hooray. Everybody knew my name. Everybody wanted to know me. I mean, whoa. <laughs> and my wife said she saw in me a little pride, you know. Yes, I was even talking a little bit different. How are you, brother? Uh, you, you know what I'm saying. And, and, and then right after that conference, we kind of had a, quite a split in the church. And, and I think we were probably top 30 or something. And, no, and the next year, we went to conference, and everybody shunned me like, who are you? Uh, you, you know, so, you know, you have mountaintops and you have valleys. <laughs> Amen. Uh, so when you're on a mountaintop, enjoy it. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty. I'm going to tell you this. Right. I've had really good days. And I drive by and see the funeral home filled with cars. What that shows me is somebody's going through something else. But I'm not going. My grandmother always used to say this. Eat your food. Somebody starve in another country. And man, did I get pretty big. <laughs> and, 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 you know, guilt is not what God wants us to have. And he said, I didn't come to the world to bring guilt upon you or condemnation upon you. So, how, I mean, the, the mountaintops are wonderful places. Don't ever feel guilt when you're there. You know, there's always somebody that's going to, you know, want to rain on your parade because they're jealous. But the fact of it is, is there are mountaintops. And I do thank God for every mountaintop in which I have experienced. But there are also valleys. We talked last week about the five enemies of hindrance or hindrances that we must defeat before we can face our giant. The first one was the giant of daily life. You know, with bills and, and all the things in daily life. A and we know that David was a tender of the sheep. The second is the giant of apathy. And that is, somebody will do it. I don't need to. Amen. Have you ever, maybe you've lived, lived in your household and there's two or three of you living there and everybody's waiting for the other person to do the dishes. <laughs> uh, he'll, he, he, he'll do them. We're just going to let it go. You know, you know what that really is? That's apathy. <laughs> 
Somebody else will do them, and all of a sudden the dishes get piled up to the place where, you know what? <laughs> Nobody's going to do them. I better get in there and, and get those, those dishes done. And, and that's the way it is a lot of times in our lives. You know, we see something, and, and we don't act upon it because we're kind of in a state of apathy. Somebody else will, will do it or what have you. And then the third state was the giant of unbelief. Oh, Lord, I can't get my head around that. I can't believe that. There are people in the gospel today who dismiss miracles. They dismiss it. I'll tell you why they do it, because they can't wrap their head around the truth. They can't believe that God can do that. It's just too big. It's just too insurmountable. I, I, there's just no way. I cannot wrap my head around that. You see. And then there's the giant of ridicule. Oh, we all fear being made fun of. You know what I'm saying? David was ridiculed and, and somebody was throwing stones at him, making fun of him. And, and, his, uh, and, and Joab said, let me get out there and kill him. And he said, no, let him. He said, I, I deserve it. He was really a low player. He was in the valley <laughs> at that moment. But what we realize is that when somebody makes fun or somebody or the giant of, of, of ridicule. And the last thing, of course, last week was the giant of conformity. And that is, I want to be like them. Didn't remember the, uh, with, Sam, with Samuel? And they said, we want a king. He says, what do you need a king for? He said, you know, we, we are victorious. Uh, hasn't God overcome your enemies? Hasn't this? I know, but we want to be like them. In other words, we want to conform. We don't want to be different. And, and, and that happens in the lives of so many. The church can go through that. Well, we need to conform so that we can grow. And I want you to know that conformity is a giant that if you don't face that and, 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 and overcome that, you'll never be able to face the giant on the battlefield. But today I want to fo focus on mountains and valleys. Uh, and, and then I say this, have you ever heard the question, why does God allow bad things to happen to me? Anybody have ever asked you that question? Well, if there is a God in heaven, if he's a loving God, then why is there cancer? If there is a loving God, why is there hurt? Sh shouldn't everything be wonderful if we have a loving God? And, and we find here, the thing we need to realize is that, and uh, the answer, the valleys are necessary to draw us closer to God. You know, mountaintops are wonderful, and I will get into Scripture in a minute. Mountaintops are wonderful, but I may not seek God the way I need to when I'm on the mountaintop. You see what I'm saying? I'm, I, may, I may lose my mindfulness. I may actually um, just feel secure in every way. But it's the valley that draws us closer to God. And to see our need, for Jesus said in Matthew 5, Without me ye can do nothing. Nothing. 
Life consists of mountaintop experiences. Mountaintop experiences. Time when everything seems uh, uh, to go good and pleasant. Times of peace and of happiness, as we said earlier. Uh, you know, those are fun times. I like those times. How many of you like those times? Amen. Oh, well, that's what we all want, right? Um, uh, so often, uh, I have a camp up on Moosehead Lake. And when we're up to camp, I always see there's a big bulletin board downtown with real estate on it. <laughs> and I always see so many people, usually 20 or 30 people, gather around looking. You know why? Because they, they don't want the mountaintop experience to end. <laughs> they, they just said, uh, I am happy and I want to stay here. You know, uh, and, and so they, they try to, or maybe you go to an amusement park and everything's good. So you say, I'm going to get a, a year pass. I want to be here all the time. Amen. We love mountaintop experiences, but we need to look at the valleys. What, what do the valleys represent? Valleys are necessary in our lives as much as we dread them. Teenagers may have, uh, have or think they've figured it all out, but little do they know there are valleys, there are hardships, there are things. Uh, some people try to escape the lows through drugs or alcohol or mysticism. Think about it. You know, you know they want that euphoria. You know, uh, and, 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 and some people, they, they may have a difficult time finding that euphoria or that mountaintop. And so they, they try to assist it through drugs, through alcohol, mysticism, only to find that they draw you further into the valley. But when all of these things, in all of these things, it only magnifies the problem. In Ecclesiastes 2 and 17, it says, Therefore I hate life, because the works that, wrought, that are wrought under the sun are, uh, is grievous unto me. For all is vanity and vexation of spirit. This statement would make anybody drink. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I, I guarantee you, if, if Solomon would, would have said that to a psychiatrist, that would be looking in their book for the drug that he'd need. Uh, because he said, I hate life. Uh, he, he's definitely going through a valley, wouldn't you say? Um, but, but Solomon faced valleys. But you know what? In the valley... He also could see that he had a need. We never see we have a need if we're not in the valley. The valley is between the mountaintops. A man once said to me that if I could overcome this problem, you ever just focus on a problem? I had an individual call me one time, and they talked with me for an hour and a half about their addiction. And, and I, I listened to that for an hour and a half, and the only thing the Holy Spirit was saying is, oh, if you talked about Jesus for that same hour and a half. You see, when I I've heard the people say they went to LAA, and all they heard was people saying how bad it was, how they used to drink, how they did this. And, the, and one person said, well, you know what? 
I just need to get away from that. I need to get into something positive. I need to think on the good things of life. Non-Christians, the steps of a good man in order to the Lord, as I said earlier. But Christians go through valleys. Non-Christians also go through valleys, but without Christ or hope. They may think the only way to find that hope because they don't have Jesus is free education or some way through socialism to bring about this euphoria. I'm going to tell you right now, socialism has always failed. Always. Because man cannot give you what God can give you. You know, there's so many in this nation looking to our government to answer the problems. And I want you to know something. Our real problem is we need Jesus. Free education is not good. Because number one, there is no such thing as free. If it's free for you, then God, then someone had to take it out of my pocket. But there's no such thing as free. The only thing that's free, should I say, is Jesus. Salvation. In 1 Samuel, I want to read verses 17, uh, chapter 17, verse 4. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose weight is about six, was six cubits and a span. And he had an helmet of brass and upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had uh, uh, graves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spearhead weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him. That was his armor bearer that would go before him. And what we realize in this is if you look at the natural, it seems like a mountain that is just insurmountable. I mean, how am I going to be equipped to go out? And what we found here, and, and I think of Job sixteen fourteen, he says, He breaketh he breaketh me with breaches upon breach. He runneth upon me like a giant. That's the way the enemy the Bible said the enemy comes in like a flood. Overwhelms us. Makes it just seems insurmountable that there's nothing we're going to be able to do to overcome this thing. But how many know we can do all things through Christ? So we want to look here at the giant of fear. I'm going to tell you right now, people today are so fearful. People are so... You know, fear is the opposite, as I said last week. It's the opposite of love. The Bible said, love casteth out all fear. So if you're in the love of God, coronavirus does not bring fear. I know that the government would like us to feel that we need their security, we need their help. 
we need their guidance. But I think of one thing that uh, president, um, a president once said. He says, when your government says they can help you, be careful. Be careful. But what we realize in this is, is that, uh, and then I want to go back here. I'm sorry. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How are ye slack? Go to possess the land which the Lord will give you. But I want to go back here just a bit. You know what I mean? Why are you slack? Why don't you by faith take hold of that mountaintop? Amen. Thank you, Lord. And so we have to, in 1 Samuel 17, 11, it says, When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. In verse 24 of 17, 1 Samuel 17, it says, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. I want to promise you this. I'm going to tell you this right now. I have never had not even an inkling of fear about this pandemic. I love what Paul said. He said, oh, grave, where is thy sting? Oh, death, where is thy victory? Or should I say it the other way? I always get those flip. Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Oh, death, where is thy sting? For they're swallowed up in Jesus Christ. Paul said, it's better for me that I go to be with Jesus. Can you imagine that day when we shall see our Jesus? Amen. What a day that'll be when my Jesus I shall see. When he takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land. I do not fear at all this pandemic. I know the Lord that has control and hold of my life. The Bible said it's appointed every man to every man wants to die. I want to tell you, Bill Gates, no matter how much money you have, you're going to die. I'm going to tell you, George Soros, no matter how many people you manipulate, you're going to die. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to the judgment of God. Boy, I dread dying and going to the judgment of God without Jesus in my heart. I dread uh, dying and going before the Lord. Think of all the presidents that were before us. I think there are a few presidents still alive. I believe uh, uh, Jimmy Carter and and, uh, and Donald Trump and uh, uh, Obama and, uh, uh, and, of course, our present president, Biden. But all those other presidents are dead. They're all dead. And what we need to realize is everybody, there's an appointment for me. There's an appointment. The Bible said this flesh can never inherit the kingdom of God. This flesh can't live in heaven. So whether it's the rapture, we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye, we're still going to shed this flesh for something better. But what we need to understand and realize is there's an appointment for each one of us. So why do we fret? I trust in you, Lord. I trust in you. You are my Savior, and you are so true. You've never left me or failed me, though I've failed you. 
I trust in you, Lord. I trust in you. In First Samuel and uh, in First Samuel seventeen twenty five, we see here the giant of unbelief. And the men of Israel said, "We have seen this man that is come up. Surely, to defy Israel, is he come up? And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches." And he will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. In other words, what he's saying is, is that I won't tax your father or his household. <laughs> How many would like that? <laughs> uh, you're going to be tax-free. Uh, your, your, your household forever. And we say, woohoo, I'll take it. But what we realize in this is that the king of Israel had come to the place where he's enticing anybody that would go up against this giant. And I'm going to tell you this right now. God is able. And, and so here is no fear. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out all fear because fear hath torment. That's in 1 John 4, 18. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have no fear of this pandemic. I know that my God is in control. And, and, and I will tell you this, that, and I know that a, a lot of government would, would be upset with the words that I speak, but I'm, I'm speaking the words right out of the manuscript that God has given me. Amen. Right out of what the manuscript that God has given me. And Peter said, it's better to obey God than man. But I, I, I want you to understand and know that fear is the opposite of love. He that fears lacks love. Oh, God, give us more love. Some people believe that, uh, that the opposite of love is hate, as I said last week. No. Hate is a result of fear. Thank you, Lord. In Hebrews... 1132 and so and what shall I more say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and all and all of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness obtained promises stop <laughs> excuse me Stop the mouth of lions, quench the, violent, the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, wax valiant in fight, and turn the flight of the armies to flight the armies of the aliens. I'm going to tell you right now, God has given us this possession to overcome that giant of unbelief and of fear. And I think of the valleys of challenges. They're always challenges. You know, God will tell you to do things you can't physically do or, or, or able to do. But if you trust him, Caleb was 80 years old, and he said to, he said to Joshua, he said, hey, remember, uh, way, you know, way back 40 years ago, God mentioned that I could have that mountain. 
And, and Joshua looked at him and, and, and saw his frailness, and he said, are you sure you're up to this? Are you sure? Well, I think that's the question to you today. Are you sure? Are you up to this? And the thing is, is that he believed. He did not look at the deadness of his body. I think of Abraham and Sarah. Could you imagine I've had a couple in the church today, and I, I said this at the Bible study, if we had a couple in the church today that were 100 and she was 90 and all of a sudden asked for the same testimonies and, and, and he got up shaking, holding on to the front of the thing. I got one, brother. What's that? Sarah and I going to have a baby. Can you imagine the discussion with a lot of you on the way home? Oh, poor dear. Oh, my goodness. You know, they're a sweet couple, though, aren't they? Oh, Lord. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, dementia. No, I don't know, you know. But, you know, I want, you know, we're going to pray for them. Put them on my prayer list. They think they're going to have a baby. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Amen. But they believed. Do you know the, the, the name of their child was named Isaac, which means ha-ha? You know why? Because of us. <laughs> because of us that were in the service. That said, Poor dear. Ha-ha. And all of a sudden we look at it. Oh, what a cute baby. What's his name? Ha-ha. <laughs> we had the baby. <laughs> Amen. But he believed, even though his body was dead to, to, to reproduce, he believed. Are we willing to believe God today? I look at the challenges that are before us. Every promise can become an opportunity. I mean, put that on your refrigerator. Every problem can become an opportunity. Amen. You have a board meeting, and, and you discuss at the board meeting a problem. And that becomes an opportunity for everybody at that table. An opportunity for a solution. We had a person in our daycare one time that we had a, a, a meeting with all of the teachers. And uh, she was having a real difficulty with the class. So all the other teachers were stepped up to try to help her. So it was a time that we needed to look at a problem. And, and, and everyone had the mindset that this is an opportunity. I could feel it. Every teacher wants to say, you know, one thing that I do, uh, uh, you know, something else. Maybe we could lock the door. Maybe this or that or the other. There was a lot of things that came up. And every time that somebody would come with some sort of a solution, uh, she would just say, but. You know, only goats, but. Uh, but, but you don't, but you don't, but you don't, but you, you don't understand. They just drag on your legs. They just drag around on your legs. They just whine, you know, and, and every time. And finally, I spoke up and I looked at her with kindness. I said, are you sure you're gifted? In other words, if I'm not in my gift, then, then, then if it's going to be like that. You know, uh, and I said, are you sure you're gifted in this profession? It may be you need to seek. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. 
You understand that. I don't think all of us would do well in a daycare environment. You know, but we have to admit that. You know, I, I don't think I could do that. And I mentioned that, and she began to cry and make me look like the horrible meanie uh, that I was and tried to, and that night her husband called and said, I didn't know what I was doing, and how dare, I mean, it just got to a place where we just had to, I just dismissed her, and I said, you know, I can't live in this drama. I can't, I believe that every problem poses an opportunity. And when you like the problem, more than the solution, then maybe you shouldn't be on this board. Maybe you shouldn't be in this circle. Anybody that's been in business or has a opportunity to sit and you know, and you have to look if that person is just negative about everything and wants to, there, there comes a time when you just probably have to say, uh, you're not invited anymore. You know, we, we need to overcome. We need to to have the solutions. And sometimes in your life, and I don't mean to beat this too far, but maybe you have an acquaintance in your life who calls you regularly and just moans and complains, and, and, and you try to put it on a positive note. You know, after a while, you just have to say, you know, I think you like your problem more. more or, or maybe just think it. I, I don't know. Or maybe you have to say it. But the thing of it is you can't help somebody that loves the problem and shuns any solution. Amen. In Psalm, or should I say, 1 Samuel 17, 26, And David spoke to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to this man that killeth the Philistine, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You see, we need to be bold, not hide. We need to be bold, and we need to speak against these things that come against the church or that come against you as an individual. Because we, as we said last week, when you allow someone to take advantage of you, I promise you they'll be back. And they'll come back with friends. We had an individual, and, and, and I love him very much, but he wanted to park his travel trail in the backyard uh, for the winter. Number one, it's against code. I, I can't do that. The, the neighbors would say, who are these people? Have they been background checked? I mean, they're now in my backyard. Are they going to start stealing from me? I could see the panic. Uh, but the thing is, is not only was this individual had a trailer that was parked in a public place that they needed to move, but there was like six others. So guess what happens? Today it's this trailer, and then tomorrow it's my buddy, and then before you know it, you've got seven or eight trailers out back. Y you know what I mean? And you've created a problem, and, and you've got a neighbor here that's saying, I don't like this. And they call code, and then you get trouble. So what I'm saying is, you know, you can't allow people to take advantage of you. Some people as Christians think that, you know, you've just got to let people take advantage of you. And that, that is not the truth. The truth is to be truthful. You know, to see uh, what ways we can house. You know, what there may be out there for that individual. And I'm going to tell you, we didn't call, turn a cold shoulder by any means. But that individual, uh, we got in touch with a, um, a shelter 
and also um, there was another place that they would provide housing for that individual and and just want you to know that as well the valley in the valley we can see the power of God you see if you say I want the power in the name of Jesus you're not going to get that power probably so much on the mountaintop amen or or if you had it it might not look so evident remember I talked about a flashlight you can turn a flashlight on in the daytime and look you almost have to stick your eyeball on it to see whether it's actually illuminating because it doesn't show up very well but at night you turn it on and the whole room is illuminated so sometimes you know we need to say I want to see the power of God well in darkness light is much brighter when we're going through a valley that's a great time to experience the power of God in first Samuel 1736 and the and, and the servant slew both the lion and the bear this is David talking to Saul and this uncircumcised Philistine sh uh, shall be as one of them. Seeing he had defied the armies of the living God. You know, there are people today defying the church. There are people today that would like to see the church go out of business. There are people today that are enemies. You know what? They're just like that giant. They try to huff and puff and blow the house down. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We look at verse 37 and 17. It said, And David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the power of the lion and, and out of the power of the bear, he shall deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with you. <laughs> he didn't say he'd be with him. <laughs> he didn't say, Go, and I'll be with you. He said, Go, and the Lord be with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay in this foxhole. I've got my little field glasses, and I'll watch it. Uh, but I ain't going with you. <laughs> Amen. We know that Jesus experienced that loneliness when, in Geth when he was in Gethsemane, and he had uh, the three of his disciples, that Peter, James, and John, that came with him. And he went back. And they were sound asleep. He said, could ye not tarry with me one hour? There are going to be experiences in your life where you're going to be in a valley and nobody's going to want to walk with you. You're going to hear the whispering around you, the poor guy. <laughs> oh, I'd hate to be him. Uh, you know, I hate, to, I hate to be going what he's going through. But the thing of it is, is you know Why? You walking it alone? Because that's called the road of Emmaus. Remember they were walking and they were gloomed. They were so gloomy. They said, what a dark time. And Jesus is walking with them and they said, and they're telling him about, you know, this, this horribleness that's going on. And he says, so, so what was going on? And they said, were you born under a rock or something? Everybody knows. Everybody knows. That's how popular... It was that Jesus was crucified. But little did they know that Jesus himself was walking with them. Amen. We need to go to that Emmaus Road. We need to be willing to walk alone so that we can find and see Jesus. There are going to be times in your life where you're going to feel so lonely. And God said there's a reason for that. It's because I love you, and I want you to know that if you walk with me, 
you'll find the things that you desire. In 2 Kings 6 and, and it's, it's 2 Kings 6 and verse 17. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open the eyes of uh, that he may see. Talking of his servant. And the Lord opened his eyes and the young man of the young man, and he saw, and behold, mountains full of horses and chariots of fire all around about Elijah. I'm going to tell you, they're there. I just posted a thing on Facebook about the angels looking. I'm going to tell you right now, greater are they that is with us than they that are in the world. God is in control. He, he was singing this morning uh, uh, about, uh, you know, about the holy ground and, and how they're angels all about. And we saw that in, in, in Genesis where um, Jacob had the dream and he saw a ladder from heaven to earth. I'm going to tell you that ladder is still there. God is still communicating. And the Bible said when, when Jacob looked, he saw at the head of the ladder, he saw God, he saw Jesus. And he said, and there were angels descending and ascending. Amen. Off of that ladder, that holy spiritual ladder. And it really awakened him. And what God said to him when he woke, he said, I have given this land to Abraham, to Isaac, and to you, and to every generation. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, Israel, the reason I believe that they're the greatest fighting force in the world is because they have this truth. They know that if God be for me, who can be against me? I'm not going to let the Palestinians push us out. I'm not going to let Syria or Iran or Iraq or Jordan. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to start seeing, I believe, in current events, you're going to see Israel going to war. And I believe uh, with Jordan and Syria, Damascus is going to be totally and utterly destroyed. It's going to be totally and utterly destroyed. And I believe that the, the army of Israel is going to destroy it. I believe we're going to see a real change. Because the Bible says when, 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 when and I don't mean to get too much into end times, but when uh, Russia and them come down against Israel to, 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 to get a spoil or a booty, that they're going to be a city without walls. A city, and how many know today is the most walled city? But we're going to see uh, the, uh, Israel come to a place of peace. Uh, and, and, and they have been shooting off rockets that have been able to take out uh, missiles from Russia. I mean, God is blessing them. But what we need to see, we need to think like Israel thinks. You know that we're the offspring of, of Israel? We're the offspring of Jacob. When did Israel begin? It began with Jacob. When he says, Jacob, your name will no longer be Jacob, but it will be called Israel. Israel was born there. And God has given the Abrahamic blessing to you and I. And it has been given through Jesus. Because the lineage of Jesus, as people wonder, why is there a lineage like in Matthew? He begot this one, this one begot that one, that begot that one. I better skip this over because there's a lot of begottens. And I don't know how I'm going to carry that in my life. But the importance of the lineage is to prove that Jesus was of the lineage and that he could give to us what was given to him. 
So we have the Abrahamic blessing as well as, as Christians. Amen. The valleys are places of challenge. And, and I don't want to... Uh, in First in Samuel... Well, let's, let's go on here. Amen. So we see what Elijah said. Open his eyes that he might see the reality. Do we see clearly today? Do you have an ear to hear what the Spirit is speaking to you today? Do you believe that God, Jesus overcame? Do you believe that Jesus, you are more than a conqueror? In other words, he's saying, I conquered and defeated the devil. So that you could be more. In other words, you could tread on the top. He said, greater is he in you than he that is in the world. God could have used uh, uh, could have used one of the mighty warriors of Saul's army, but he didn't. Why? Because of fear and unbelief. I'm going to tell you what, if you're filled with fear and unbelief, you can never be used of God. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So often, you know, I see people so afraid, so afraid. But you cannot serve God in fear. In Mark 4, 4 and 40, it said, And Jesus said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Why are you so fearful? Why is it that you have no faith? In Hebrews uh, uh, 3, 19, it says, So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Boy, that's powerful, isn't it? Only believe. Boy, I think of them big crusades, you know, in the 50s, 60s. You know, um, only believe all things are possible. Billy Graham, the big crusades, you know. Only believe, only believe all things are possible. I don't have the right key. And then we sing, Lord, I believe. Amen. Lord, I believe. All things are possible. In Hebrews 4.11 it says, Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Unbelief is the greatest enemy of the church. When we have a board meeting in the church, we need to get together and everyone say, and, and pastor could say, we have an issue. And everyone there should say, oh, this is great. Because now there's a lot of opportunity. Amen. And, 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 you know, and we can solve anything through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 8. How many know there's something great in Romans 8? And, and it says this. It says, uh, and start with verse 9. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. In other words, he, 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 he predetermined for you to be more than a conqueror. But to be more than a conqueror, we have to choose it. We have to believe it. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate to them, he called, and to them he called. He also justified, and to whom he justified uh, them, he also glorified. 
What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Isn't that great? Because if we allow the enemy to come in, we disqualify ourselves. We would disqualify. And you know what would happen if he could disqualify us? We'd be impotent. We'd, we, we would be unable to do anything for God. Yes, Richard. And the thing of it is, is, you know, you have young men that come in. and Well, you know, Pastor, I, I, uh, I had a struggle this last week, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not qualified. I want to tell you this right now. Don't ever disqualify what God can do in and through you. Some of you out there on Facebook today, you, you've disqualified yourself. You've said, well, I, I've just done so much bad in my life. I, I've got so many weaknesses in my life. And, and you know, David had weaknesses. We found out later on that he had weaknesses. After he killed the giant, there was weaknesses manifest in his life. In fact, they were manifest in his life to the place where David was realized that he was not a good judge of himself. I'm sure coming off that battlefield with a head of, of, of Goliath in his hand, that might have been a high, you know, a euphoria. Uh, uh, you know, wow, look, look at this. And, and all the people in hip, hip, hooray. But David had many, and I was speaking of the man who called me and said, only if I could overcome this, I'd be on the mountaintop forever. Only to find, and if any of us had any Christian experience, we know that there are many mountaintops. <laughs> But between every mountaintop, there's a valley. And David found out that killing that giant was not the end of his battle. Because there were things within him. But he did not disqualify himself by looking at himself because he would have been disqualified. My wife once said, reading about David, she says, I don't think I'd like him. <laughs> All them women in his life. All that, you know, all that, I, I don't think I could live with that. I, could, I couldn't put up with that, she said. I said, well, I don't think too many women today would. And, and it doesn't excuse it. It doesn't excuse it because David paid a great price for his iniquities, for his sins. I'm sure there are people out there that I'm talking to that would say, yeah, pastor, Oh, I'm sure paid for that one. Oh, that one really set us back. But don't disqualify yourself. Know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Then God said this. Jesus said this. He said, I am the author. In other words, I've authorized it, and I'm the finisher. You may be going through a valley right now. That valley may be a giant that is in your life. Giant of addiction. Uh, the, the giant of poverty. Poverty can be a giant. And you, you can say, Pastor, I always come back to being poor again. There's something wrong. God doesn't, I'm going to say this right now, God doesn't want you to be poor. And I'm not going to take up an offering. <laughs> I just want you to know that God doesn't want you to be poor. So if you are continually in poverty, that's a giant. And it's a giant that will bring you into the valley. 
But what God's saying, he's saying, you can do it. Do you trust me? Do you have faith? Do you believe that if you speak to this mountain, it shall be moved, removed from where it is? Do you believe that you can speak to the sycamore tree and that it will be uprooted and cast into the ocean? Do you believe that you can speak? And I'll tell you right now, we need to learn how to speak to the giant. And I want to say, before David ever threw one stone, he spoke to it first. He didn't just go up there and throw a stone. He spoke to it first, Brother Richard. Amen. Just like you get him in the name of Jesus. I'm going to speak. And the thing that we realize is that he spoke to it. And he says, this day you'll be dead. And Goliath says, what am I, a dog? That you'd send this little lad? He doesn't even have a sword in his hand. But what he had was, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And all of a sudden, he let that go. You notice, if you look at all of the armor that he had, all of his armor equipped him against a sword battle. But he never even thought about a rock in the forehead. And <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs> Maybe after that, they all had, you know, uh, forehead shields. We need to modify our... Uh, we got somebody who goes to rocks. I don't know. I'm just speculating. <laughs> I probably would. But anyhow, the, the fact of it is, and if you go, and I believe it's Second Chronicles, you'll find that David not only used the one stone for, for Goliath, but he took down all four of his brothers. And five giants overall in Gad, David slew every one of them. He slew every one of them. And you know, you're called to be a David today. You're called today. And God is saying, if you'll only believe. I was saying to little Levi, uh, you know, in the men's meeting, he likes to come and he wears his tie. And uh, he really, you know, and, and he sits there like the rest of us men. And I said to Levi, I said, you don't have to wait to preach. You know, somebody think, well, I, when I grow up, when this, I said, little David was nine years old. How many of you have heard of Little David? If you haven't, look him up on the internet. I saw Little David in person. Of course, he was 60-something years old by the time I got around to seeing him. But the fact of it is, is nine years old. He's called into the ministry. He preaches under the power of the Holy Ghost. One time he preached a whole message uh, on, on uh, how about Daniel and the slingshot and giant and all that. And after the whole message, his dad said, that was David's son. <laughs> but he had the right story, <laughs> just the wrong character. Well, we've done those things. Uh, but the fact of it is, is there are little Davids there today. There are people, and God said, for whosoever will, why sit we here and die, is what the lepers said. In other words, you know what leprosy is? Sin. So many people with sin or leprosy will just sit in the church and feel that they're not a part of it, that they're somehow a spectator. And you know, it came to the place because what had happened, and I don't want to get into the whole story because it could take another 15 minutes. And I'm closing. Amen. I was talking to a guy the other day, and I mentioned that we was all done. Oh, goodbye, brother. And then I, I said something, and, 
And I said, brother, let's leave it right there. I said, we're both preachers, and we'd both find four points to go with that thought. <laughs> but the fact of it is, is they realized we're going to die anyway. We might as well take a chance. And they went out and found that this city had been abandoned. And then they ran in and said, hey, there's all kinds of food out there. The people have run away. So I say this to you. Why sit we here and die? Be a part of the solution. There are, t there, there are too many that want to sit at the banquet table and talk about the hardship, why we can't do it, and all the impossibilities. I can do all things through Christ, and so can you, because it's his word that tells me that. Let us go to the Lord in prayer today. I love every one of you. I thank God, uh, uh, you know, for those who respond to my Facebook page. It really helps me. Anna, uh, your comments I love. Thank you for them. And, and I thank you that you have such a heart for those that are on the street corners and, and, and those who are, who, who are in great need. And, and that's something God has given you ministry to that, and I appreciate that to everyone. So if you do hear us on Facebook, leave a little note, saying, either a thumbs up even, or, or just let me know that you're listening. Um, it really brings encouragement to me. And just uh, want to let you know that. Let's go to the Lord if we would in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we know that there are highs and lows in life. We know, Lord God, that we need you. And Lord, sometimes on the mountaintops we kind of forget. But then when we come into the valley, we come against the giants uh, uh, of life. We come against the difficulties of life and we call out to you. And Lord Jesus, make us warriors like you did, David. Let us not be set back by our weaknesses, because as Paul said, in my weakness, I found his strength. Because when he felt like a wrung out dish rag, the anointing of God entered him, and he realized that his strength was in Jesus. Each and every person that listens to me today or tomorrow or whenever, I pray that you would be filled with the Holy Ghost in power and boldness. That you would speak to your mountain with faith. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Fill your heart, Lord, fill their hearts with your word. That they'll have that blessed assurance that Jesus is theirs. And that you raise up a standard against the enemy that comes in like a flood. And that standard, Lord God, is, the sh is your right arm and the shield on your right arm. And we thank you for your presence. And we thank you for everyone that's come out to the service today. And for all you do, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Isn't God good? Thank you, Lord. You can, yes. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Thank you, Lord.